Hello, this is Lisa Hazard with We're All Psychic. It's just me today, nothing too exciting, but I want to talk about mediumship and being a medium. If you don't know what a medium is, it is somebody who speaks with spirits that are usually unseen by the human eye. It's most commonly known, uh, I guess, through seances and movies or Ouija boards, people contacting spirits of those who have passed away or passed on. So that's what mediums usually are known for, is particularly for people who have passed away and who are no longer in the living realm. There are a lot of different ways to contact the spirits. Um, things you may have heard of, of course you've heard of Ouija board, I hope, <laughs> or I hope not. Just kidding. I never had anything happen with a Ouija board personally, but other people have told me they have had a very interesting experiences, and some of them pretty scary. Um, there's something called automatic writing, where somebody blanks their mind and closes their eyes, usually, and puts a pen to paper, and they write. They let a spirit come in and take control of their arm, and then they write. And then afterward, the spirit loses control of the arm, and the automatic writer regains their consciousness or not that, they, that's not that they ever lost it but they're just letting someone kind of take over on their arm for a minute and then they can read what they wrote and it can be a message from a spirit or someone who's passed on it's often through trance um where people can communicate with any kind of spirit trance it, it goes way back to shamanism and the earliest medicine people um, that we know of. So they used to, and they still do, a shaman would do this, they will go into a deep trance and they can travel to different, I guess you could call them different dimensions. They are usually upper, middle, and lower world. And in lower world, a shaman can go into trance and meet spirits there, or I guess in the other places too. So a lot of times, like if you've heard of a shaman doing a soul retrieval, um, that could be an example of a medium work that is not especially concerning talking to dead, passed on spirits who were once living. In this case, with a soul retrieval in a trance, a shaman would go and find what in, is in the place they find of yours in lower world usually where there's a problem and they fix it and they help you feel better about whatever the reason was you came to see them you're retrieving a piece of your soul that you left behind is kind of what the idea is there so that's a way to communicate with spirit that shaman do and then we have channeling just goes back to automatic writing for a second and, but you, they don't just take the arm. The spirit would take the whole body. And uh, the medium would step back from consciousness. Medium usually can remember everything. They just kind of step back and let the spirit come forward and talk through their body and move through their body. That kind of thing. And there's also clairsentience or claircognizance. Um, they're kind of the definitions have changed 
from when I was learning the stuff and it used to be clairsentience was the uh, information being dropped into your head. But I think now they're calling it claircognizance. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, claircognizance. And claircognizance is just knowing too. But now I think clairsentience means if you touch something, you get information. So we'll stick with claircognizance because it's a description for this. Um, medium can just know, just know the information. While I was beginning to learn about what the heck was happening to me when all the stuff kind of woke up, my energy, my juju, my psychic side, my magic side, my energy work side, it woke up. It had been awake, but it had been kind of suppressed. And um, even under suppression, I would have a, you know, communication with spirits. For example, when I was very young as a child, everything had personality. Doorknob, it was a face with a nose. Uh, you know, the wallpaper in my parents' downstairs, downstairs bathroom uh, was very heavily patterned, and I kept seeing eyes. But there weren't, there's nothing scary about it. There's just eyes. There's just faces. All my animals, stuffed animals, I'm sorry, but stuffed animals, <laughs> my glass animals. I loved animal toys when I was young, and they all had, guess what? Personalities, names, stories, everything about them. So I think at that time I was, but they were fairly developed. These weren't just like this dog, stuffed animal, hates that dog, stuffed animal, for no reason. No, no, no. This dog, stuffed animal, had a problem with this dog, stuffed animal, because this other dog, stuffed animal, fell in love with that dog, stuffed animal. And uh, that was not right for this first stuffed dog animal, because that dog really, really loved the other dog. He, he was such better. He was so much better for her than this other dog. So, I mean, that's how far I think we went way, way further than that <laughs> when I was younger. We got into some soap opera stuff. But the way I get through to them is through my imagination for the most part. When I, get, when I say get through to them, I mean the spirits, the spirits, uh, past loved ones, the spirit guides, any spirits. Uh, my experiences usually, if I were to be offering a medium reading to somebody, or even if I'm doing it myself, the first thing I do, well, for me, I guess it's a little different. For someone else, I would ask them for a physical description or see a picture of somebody they might, or an animal that they might want to get in touch with. Um, if I'm doing it for myself, I don't need that usually because I know what the person looks like. <laughs> so the first step, yeah, it's kind of different. But, um... This doesn't mean that if you didn't have a very big imagination as a child that you are not capable of mediumship, though. It's just an example of something I see that makes me think medium, really. I mean, I don't know if those little stuffed animals or glass animals or dolls or boxes that were teleportation devices and all this stuff. I, mean, I don't know, well, you know, if that was just imagination, but I, I just carried over those techniques of giving my toys personalities into seeing spirits in a way. It's a very long evolution. I've mentioned this before in the podcast. Uh, my first conscious, I mean, well, well, I was really, I knew it was weird. I knew it was different, but not necessarily weird. 
but it was it was more like a gift I guess was when my cousin came when I found out he died I think I talked about that with Misty and um they came after that to other spirits but I didn't really know if it was real or not is this really happening is this my imagination and I'd get I wasn't so much scared that I was experiencing spirit communication because I didn't really believe I was. I thought it might be part of a mental illness or something, but I was more afraid that I was and I wasn't doing it right or something, something I wasn't getting the messages clearly, or they were mad at me or they had bad impression of me, but that's not what it was. I had to learn to separate out what they were giving me as advice or anything at all, love, comfort, from what I expected of them, you know, for them to be terrorized or to terrorize me and stuff like that. Something I don't talk about much is when I was 27, my 27th birthday, I had a psychotic break. A psychotic break is... um Losing touch with reality completely. I hadn't though, but I couldn't stop hallucinating every three minutes and I timed it. Every three minutes, uh, would hallucinate something terrible, something horrible, painful and gory and uh, it was just horrible. And, uh, I'd come out of it, but the actual hallucination would last hours or even like months. And I'd come out of it, and I'd be like, oh, what was that? I mean, it happened all real fast, just over a few days. And on the third day, I just couldn't stop crying. I still was having hallucinations, even through the tears, every three minutes. They told me I had schizophrenia, and it was a psychotic break. So, that's where I had a little bit of a problem, because I had been communicating with spirits, and I had seen them. But I also had hallucinations, and I've talked about that before on the podcast. That's for a different time to expound on. My main initial experiences with communicating with spirits was with Sam, my spirit guide. And I didn't know he was a spirit guide until I read the term spirit guide, and then I still wasn't sure, and then I learned more about spirit guides, and I was like, yeah, Sam's a spirit guide. I'm still crazy. I'm still making this stuff up. But he's a spirit guide, and I'm okay with that. Kind of where I was. And my cousins still came sometimes, and others came. And eventually, I had friends who asked me if I could get in touch with people who had passed on for them. Because I was maybe doing tarot cards, or I might actually get a message. Or they'd start talking about someone, and I would clear cognizance, clairsentience kind of know things about this person wanting them to communicate with the person they're with. And it's always a lot of love, always a lot of just like, hey, so excited to see you. But there's a lot of personality in every spirit. Now moving on from there to how I experience speaking with spirits now, it's different. What I usually do is, I, I think I mentioned this, I ask for a photograph or a physical description when I am communicating with a spirit for the first time for somebody who wishes to reach someone who passed on. 
And as they describe, or as I look at the picture, I will look around the room. It took a long time to do this, but I, going back to the psychotic break, I learned how to push all the spirits that are constantly all around. I don't know about all of them. I, I, the ones that are bothering me are the ones that have not my best interest. And I just keep them out. And I keep all the, the, the entities kind of at arm's length and invite them in when I want or when someone requests me to. And I can look them in like a little ways. Now, it's hard to explain what I'm saying without giving you some kind of a visual. So let's say we're sitting in my living room like I am right now. It's raining. It's really nice night. And let's say you wanted somebody to come through, and I'm sitting with you, and I say, what do they look like to you? Like, the best way you remember the first image of them that comes into your head of what they look like. And usually people come through with height first, oddly enough, and they talk about, like, eyes and and stuff like that. And then I'll start picking up stuff like hair, and if it matches... Then I'll be like, is it, do they, I always get jewelry. I am a jeweler, but I usually get jewelry, especially with spirits, to connect to see if I'm pulling in the right one or asking, inviting the right one into my bubble. <laughs> and um, sometimes somebody else comes through instead. It does happen. So once we actually catch <laughs> or invite in the one who wants to be contacted, um, they, they, they're all different. They're just like us. I mean, they, they're all different personalities, but usually they're all really happy and, um, they're very excited. If some of them want to be a little careful with me and make sure I'm not going to tell them my, my person, their person, actually, that something that they don't want to hear or something that's not true. And, um, a lot of times that's why somebody else comes through to begin with, but I experience it as actually seeing them but in my mind's eye now I have seen them eyeball wise like with my eyeballs and that 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 the first time that I have what <laughs> but mostly it's in my mind's eye in my imagination it goes back to that imagination work it's just like I see a stuffed animal and I see a soul inside it's kind of like I just see a soul right there this is the way they're showing themselves to me and um I get a Details mainly like clothes and hairstyles and glasses and jewelry. And, and then they most of the time the spirit quiet. The spirit is quiet after that. And they want the person I'm channeling, or I'm not channeling, I'm sorry, um, communicating with to ask questions. And that's when I usually would say, do you have questions for this person? And the spirit, um, my interpretation is just going to be a lifelong process, too, I think, along with tarot and all the other things. Uh, my communication sometimes is very clear with some spirits, and sometimes it's not. And I'm not sure if that's on my end or their end. Probably my end. And I don't hear them with my ears, although it has happened. But i more so claircognizant, so I know what they're trying to say. I know sometimes in... I really doubt myself big time when they tell me stuff because I'm like, whoa, what? No way. No. Because it's usually a family situation and there's a secret or something if that happens. You might have noticed that I talk about what I experience in a certain way. Um, and I've said this in the podcast before, but it's kind of what you expect it will be like if you expect 
to get on a Ouija board and find out about some awful murder. You will find out about an awful murder, very possibly. But if you go to a, like, say you go to a medium and you ask her to contact a passed-on parent or sibling, and they're ethical and have your and all of your people's best interests, which most do, really, um, they might have other methods that they work with. Um, maybe they communicate through their spirit guides what the passed-on loved ones want to say. And for me, it's just that's just the way I experience it. And I, I want you to hear about one way. I feel like there could be a million ways. And that's why I've said so many times, it's what you expect to happen will most likely happen. And expectations, we can't always know our expectations all the way at the root possibly because you have to like really dig down there to see what your expectations are and hey who's keeping you you can but it's expectations subconscious expectations and conscious expectations are they're often different and think about those things before you go to get a medium reading or if you are trying yourself to connect with spirits what i tell people who ask me if they can learn how to communicate with people who have passed on or, or spirit guides or anybody like that I tell them about the trivia question thing and it's when if you are old enough to have watched Jeopardy as much as I have or you watch trivia or play trivia games maybe you're at the bar and you play on the computers with everybody else when you get a question right before the answers revealed let's say the question just pops up and you know the answer you get that feeling in the middle of your chest and in your heart, like, whoo, 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 I do it, I do it. That's the feeling I get when I am communicating with the spirit and I'm not sure what they're saying. And I keep thinking and thinking, is it this, is it this, is it this? And then when I get what they're really trying to say, I get that like trivia question right feeling in my heart, right in the center of my chest. It's excitement. It's not like, you know, through the roof excitement. It's like, whoo, 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 like I did before just like that <laughs> and um it's just that's when I feel like I get the information that they wanted me to yes I do think we all have the capability to communicate with the spirit world personally their world is the same as our of course, there are spirit guides, my personal favorite uh, of the many kinds of spirits. Uh, we all have spirit guides. I think we all communicate with them. The devil on the shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder. That imaginary friend. And there are other kinds like Reiki. I don't know if you really communicate. Maybe Reiki practitioners can, but it's, a, it, it's like a frequency that's alive. Or something has a conscious has an intelligence and there are other kinds of spirits that are very strange like they are like what are you where do you come from what are you about but ever since i built up some protection i've been a lot better off when i communicate with spirits I'd like to talk about the fears that people have when they first begin trying to communicate with spirits. The first thing is you probably already communicated with them. 
So if you have, and you now maybe you're realizing it if you haven't heard regular communicator with spirits, think to that time, was it scary? Was it good? What happened? Was it what you expected would happen in some way? Was it like uh, a lot of people have visitations from grandparents, say, when they're young and their grandparents pass away, they may have a dream. So it's a different kind of dream, they might say. It's, it felt different. It felt so real. It felt but different than real. And say their grandfather did this gesture, made a gesture, said something, and it just they woke up and they just felt love and they felt all these emotions. A lot of people I've talked to have had those kinds of experiences as their first experiences or even being babies and remembering seeing maybe fairies or spirits of ancestors over their crib and um it's just their own little secret magic thing that happened to them uh, and maybe it happens all the time and you it, they, some people it could it could be happening for you so what's the fear about it's about a lot of things of course it is it's complicated people have fears for all kinds of reasons about communication with spirit Things they can't perceive with the five traditional senses that are accepted. Although some of us and all of us, in my opinion, do or can do this. What do we do when we encounter a bad experience looking into the spirit world? I had a horrible experience and I wasn't looking. It was just that maybe I was in my subconscious. Hey, uh, there's a whole lifetime still ahead of me to figure some stuff out, at least so far. But uh, it was terrifying, <laughs> but that's probably what I expected at that time in my life. I was very unhappy, and uh, it helped me deal with a lot of stuff later in my life with more grace and more cognizance, just knowing what I'm doing and, and, and prepared me for other things that I might face later. So there's always looking at things in a good light later on if anything bad does happen but you've got this they can't hurt you no matter what they can scare you to death but not really so if you have problems go to a doctor tell them what's going on and you know seek many angles see a practitioner of some sort a few of them a few doctors a few practitioners if you have these experiences and you're not trying to and they're scaring you. See a doctor, tell them about it. Try to find open-minded doctors, you know, because in, um, recently I read an article, I think the, the study was, I think the article was written in 2016, but some, I think it was Yale scientists worked with psychic read, or psychic mediums in particular, uh, and compared them to schizophrenics. And they found that they're pretty much the same experience, except the psychic readers and psychic mediums who work that way are happy and they're happy with the spirits, and they're happy working with the spirits. And according to that article, they continued to work together after the article was written, looking into all kinds of things about mediums and schizophrenia, and the link there, what it could be. Sometimes I wish this podcast were on video, because Gandalf is being so cute, my little gray, my little gray kitten. Kitty. Okay, you're not a kitten, I understand. But uh, I had to pause it there for a second because uh, demands, demands, there are still demands. Because uh, Hey, hey, talk about the cats and the astral plane. I don't know, Gandalf, I don't know enough about the astral plane. 
But, you know, some people say cats have a link to the astral plane, and they're always kind of in both worlds. It goes back to the worlds. So as far as the fears go, if you've been to doctors and it's not working, or it's not that horrible, or you just want to do it yourself, you want to try things, and you maybe you don't have like a lot of anxiety about it anyway, I'll give you some advice. First of all, imagine that you have protection around you in whatever way you can. Your imagination is key to everything you can do for this. And uh, you can unlock that door to your whatever. Because I've never been able to explain the medium experience. I can try to like kind of rationalize away cards and stuff like that. But I can't figure out the medium thing. So it is the skeptics who are listening. Um, you know... I don't, I, I don't have, I, don't, I, I got nothing for you except they're on another frequency or the frequencies that are perceived somehow differently. Like cat fur, like this little Gandalf, I'm rubbing his little cheek and it lets off pheromones that make him calm down. Oh yeah, he's calming down. So, pheromones. Suddenly we're going to talk about pheromones instead of psychic experiences. What the heck are pheromones and how are they perceived and what do they do we call them see like feel like look like sound like i mean it's just like a totally different sense of pheromone well apparently we are reactive to pheromones <laughs> there are many senses but getting back to the fears of protection imagine protection around you and for me I pretend, uh, pretend, it is, it's pretending. Imagine all the spirits just pushing away, 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 and I'm protected from seeing them until they're filtered. If I want to invite someone into my consciousness, into my presence, where I can communicate with them, then I will allow them in. It took a long time to get to this way. Um, they, they come in and... They sometimes are very easy to understand, and sometimes they aren't. I don't know if it's my end or their end. Most of them are very happy and at peace. Uh, some people uh, who have very strong, strong medium tendencies from very young might have experiences where a spirit comes to them and wants them to cross them over, that you might say is a phrase that is used for that, or, or move them on, or get them out of this state. I don't have those personal experiences, but I know, like you heard Amiga's interview, she does. I know other people who have had those experiences. I don't know what that's about. If any of you listening want to talk about that with me on the podcast, let me know. Send me an email, lisa at we'reallpsychic.com. We can talk. I'd like to hear more about that side of it. Because I think I switched really quickly from the really, really scary stuff to just everything out. But what I ask in, uh, I'm interested in if there is such boundaries that, that souls can get trapped. I, I haven't experienced that. I'd like to learn more about that if you're listening and want to tell me. Or just um, send me an email and let me know about it. Don't have to talk about it on the podcast. So then, after you feel like you have a sense that you are protected in whatever way, like for me, it's like asking my guides to come with me or assist me when I'm speaking with spirits. 
asking the person maybe for a reading. If they're asking about a Passover relative, will their guides come? And um, I invite guides and guides. Sometimes they don't reveal themselves at all, but I can feel them. Sometimes it, in my imagination's eye, the house is just filled with guides. And sometimes they go on for miles just in one direction. And I don't know, it's all kinds of different experiences. Is it what I expect? No, no, I guess it is. But maybe it's because I choose not to allow certain negative, certain fury, fearful, horrible things that can be out there in altogether in my life, if I can, in every way. Some people experience the mediumship and also psychic experiences as always perceiving the negative in people, as always perceiving the fears, as always like they're big and dominant empaths who always feel other people's pain and suffering. So stuff like that. But as a medium, look at yourself as a human as well, outside of the medium, outside of the spirits. What do you attract as far as people? What do you attract as far as friends? Like really, are they good for you? Are they great for you? Your spirits spirits you come into contact with when you begin experimenting, if you haven't yet, they probably will be too. Some of your friends are toxic, some of your relationships are toxic, and by that I mean they're choking your will. They won't listen to you. They aren't there for you. There are people like that we all love who have it sometime at least. We've loved someone who we couldn't feel quite that reciprocation. And going back to medium readings in general, that's where a lot of people was where some closure is usually needed. If there are spirits that pass on, they need to just let someone know something, from what I understand, as far as the friends I know who have guided people or spirits onward. My, my best guess is either I shut them out or possibly it's a fragment, like what a soul retrieval might be about with shamanism. But like I said, I'd love to hear from you, anybody. When you're ready... After you feel protected, just imagine it, the person you want to reach. Hopefully, it would be somebody you loved and had passed on, and you really want to know they're okay. That's usually the situation. So you would just close your eyes or keep them open either way, and uh, just open your mind. Imagine however you can open your mind. A box opens up or a box falls apart, or a building falls, or um, some bushes are parted, you know, just like to a new clearing. It's actually outer space, or something like that. And just, just you have n no reason to do anything for the next three minutes, so let's just sit here and space out. Literally. So you space out, and you just relax, and you try to blank your mind, and then you imagine the person you want to know is okay. And you imagine they're standing somewhere. And you have to look around. And then you can open your eyes or keep your eyes closed and look around for them. Or they might be in your mind's eye. They might fill a space in the room. You're probably not going to be sure if you never try to 
I don't know. So I, I guess I can go with it. Go with it. Go with it. See where it takes you. Why not? I mean, what you got to lose? They're not going to tell you anything that you don't want to hear that would damage you. When they come through, you see them like you think you do. And ask them a question. Ask them the question you want to know. Are you okay? And then you'll hear a lot of things in your head. A lot of thoughts. Lots of thoughts. Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Maybe you will. It's usually how it goes, especially at first. There are a lot of thoughts. And that's where that trivia question answer thing comes in. You hear that answer in your heart as being what they're saying. So go worst case scenario, they say something bad and your heart does that and you know that's what they mean. Really? I mean, why would they do that? So there aren't too many circumstances I've been in where any spirit has been sad or angry, specifically. But maybe that's because I have a filter. So far, I've talked about a lot of the scary parts, but you know what is <laughs> far outweighed by the benefits, in my personal opinion. To feel like I know they're still there. I feel like I know it. I feel like there's examples. I don't just feel like it. There are. For me, there's proof. Physical proof, too. Lots of people have pictures. And there's always Jesus toast. You can't deny that. But there's something to that too. You may see something in the something and it might mean something. Are you going to let it or are you going to let it go? It's up to you. There's so much to benefit from in communication with spirits and beings of other frequencies than we might traditionally perceive them as. Open your imagination. Give it a try. See what happens. Be careful. Be open. Be positive. Expect the best. Protect yourself. Find who you would like to say, I love you too. And hear, I love you too, back. Thank you for listening.